Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the Outkick network, this is Outkick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Final hours here, Tuesday edition, Outkick 360 across the Outkick network. And here is in Los Angeles, Super Bowl 56 coming up on Sunday as the Bengals take on the Rams. We're live from Radio Row here at the L.A. Convention Center, which is connected to like three or four other buildings around here, around the, the block. you got the Microsoft Center. You've got, uh, of course, the arena was the Staples Center, now Crypto.com Arena. There, we, we were trying to survey all of the <laughs> venues that are in a, a two-block radius of this place. Hutton has been very big on wanting to know where the Grammys take place and if that's where the Grammys are. He likes are. a nice he red wants, carpet. He wants to see where the red carpet the would Grammys be for the like Grammys. The Grammys and all of the award season, which is coming up. There's right? a Dolby Theater that I hear about that I feel like something, one of the award shows is always at the Dolby Theater. Maybe that's, maybe that's the Grammys. And yesterday when we grabbed food right after the show, we saw the backside, uh, for us, the backside of the Staples Center, crypto whatever center. Um, saw the statues of the famous Kings, famous Lakers. The Shaq, uh, I hate Shaq, but the Shaq statue is the best because it's him hanging from the rim, pulling up his feet. It's very, very good. Very uh, unique, and it, it, it exemplifies exactly what he did for them. Yeah. yeah well, the, they didn't have, they didn't want to the do a statue of, of him missing a free throw. That would have been less, uh, less impressive. And then Paul, very nonchalantly, after he goes down to take a picture and we walk away, goes, hey, that was Pharrell down there. By the he, arena. He, he was just over here. I mean, you, can, you, can't, you can't not hear him. Have you guys not heard him both times? He was just where? He was doing the Nestor. Oh, you're talking about uh, Pharrell from uh, Sirius XM? Yeah. Oh, I, haven't, I haven't seen him. He was under the shock statue talking. You couldn't not hear him. I couldn't believe you guys didn't I was, hear him. I'm talking about Pharrell Williams. No, no. that's not who he's talking about. Oh, he's well, about the th- sports host. Pharrell. I have no idea like who. Grainy voice. I, apologies if I hear Pharrell and I think Pharrell Williams. I have no idea who the sports host is you're talking about. Hutton knows. Yeah. He, yeah. He's. The show of hands over here. If you hear I heard Pharrell, you would hear his voice from anywhere. Who were you thinking about? The Grammy Award winning, very famous musician or a sports host from Sirius XM? Are, are, a Thank show you. of hands. Are we in a sports talk environment or an environment well, where I would LA. see Pharrell Williams? We're in Los Angeles, Paul. I would say, though, uh, the, the voice is way more recognizable as the sports host. Thank you. I have no idea who you're talking about. I'm totally honest. Never heard of this person. He, he probably was on our like old station doing like uh, the show after ours at times or something. He could. I, I, maybe so. Uh, we've got new stations to talk about, though. Uh, shout out to Sports oh, Radio do. 104.7, the Upper Cumberland. Uh, also, WBFG 96.5, the sports, vo- sports voice for West Tennessee. Fox Sports Shoals in Muscle Shoals, Alabama, in Florence, Alabama, in Huntsville. We say hello to you today from L.A. And um, Somo Sports Radio in Missouri. You can find us online just by searching out Outkick 360 on all the social platforms, and you can 
view the show in clips by subscribing to our YouTube channel or by visiting outkick.com. Um, so we, we mentioned earlier Brady, uh, Tom Brady with the comments on the Let's Go podcast yesterday, it dropped yesterday, where he, he does not put a bow on the retirement decision. In fact, he leaves the door open by saying, you know, who knows how I'm going to feel in six months? Or, you know, I, I do feel like I made the right decision in the moment and in the moment right now. But how am I going to feel later? How am I going to feel football season-wise? Don't know. And so it, it's hard not to read into that. It's also hard not to read into the, uh, well, he may not be upset. It may be a posturing for a contract extension as you start to see what's left for Kyler Murray uh, contractually with the Cardinals. But he has scrubbed all of his social media clean of any reference to the Cardinals. That includes photos that he would have posted on Instagram. And it's amazing how uh, fans or media members will be able to figure this out. You know, you have to, it takes more than one person to realize that all this stuff is gone. But it also takes a concerted effort on his part to remove it. What are we, four weeks at least removed from their very poor playoff performance? So do we think we're just noticing this and he did it relatively soon after that, or we think this is relatively I, I recent? I think someone development? caught it pretty quickly when he decided to scrub every, so it's every odd mention to me. of the Cardinals It wouldn't from have been account. odd to me if an immature guy did this relatively quickly after a very disappointing loss at the end of a season that really went south when you were 10-1 and one or whatever you were and then things took a turn. It'd be very odd for me if he's doing it, like, in the last couple days. It's also a very easy troll opportunity. If you're the least bit unhappy or just want to get people talking, you, you could go and do this and make it happen. I, I don't know if that's the case with him. You know, I, I liken it to the college football coach who suddenly follows players on a roster when there's coaching movement going on. Yes. Right? You always hear about that. Look at this coach who just followed or this recruit who followed this, this defensive coordinator or this coach. Oh, suddenly they're following all the players in this roster or recruits for another team, and it gets people talking about that. Um, it's such an intentional move to go and do that that there's clearly something behind it. We don't know if it's ultimately he's going to be asking out, but clearly unhappy. I have no other idea. What would the explanation be? If, you, if someone reached Kyler Murray for comment and said, why did you do this? Just, I don't want to associate with one team. I'm completely happy, though. With the, I don't know why you would take it down. No reason. I'm trying to come not, up with an explanation. Yeah, 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 there's well, no he's, reason. He's about to go into uh, an extensive contract negotiation where they're either going to try to get the best for the Cardinals uh, price-wise or they're going to slap that fifth-year option on him, which they can do this offseason. He's, he's coming off of year three. He's a first-round uh, number one pick uh, from 2019, so he's going to have the fifth-year option. And they can either do that or extend his contract because he's also eligible for a contract extension right now. The, the difference um, in, in – look, this isn't uncommon. It, it's, it's very common to see these, these quarterbacks have the fifth-year option. We saw it with Patrick Mahomes and we saw it with Josh Allen. At the very least, it's insurance. Um, it's insurance, but they also signed massive contract extensions before they even got close to their fifth year. And it's, it would seem that while Murray should expect he's going to have that slapped on his, the, the backside of his contract, I, I think this is a 
uh, it, more or less a message sent like, hey, let's, let's get this going now and not sooner rather than let's later. Let's not kick this can down the street or down the road. At least that's, that's my read into it. Uh, if he's disgruntled and you're thinking about moving him, uh, well, this would be the offseason to do that too because you're trading a quarterback that's going into year four at a, at a rookie contract that is very attainable for another team. And Paul poo-poo's any trade whatsoever, <laughs> but we're in, the, we're in the era of trades in the NFL now like we've never seen before. If I'm the Cardinals, I would simply say, hey, you're our guy. We have every intention of dealing with you, but we have other more pressing contract deadlines and an offseason with deadlines that we have to deal with first. Um, and we have every intention of getting to you. I would. I wouldn't necessarily do it this off season. I would do it after next season. I still have control of you for the fifth season. Uh, that number will be big, and I'd like to negotiate a, a long term deal before your fifth season. In it the meantime, I get to see the fourth season. Because if you pick up the fifth year option, Paul, it is now one hundred percent guaranteed. Right, after, but it doesn't touch my cap until that fifth season. I'll get it down before if, that fifth. But season. But if you're going to move him, you you move him now. Well, I've got no interest in moving him. Well, why not? What if you can get Aaron Rodgers there? Well, yeah, and in okay. that sense, I'd have interest in moving him. But, but that's I, that's a move. That that would be the move. Is you talk about? You no, know, the Titans could never get the Packers to take Ryan Tannehill and his contract. Well, would the Packers take Kyler Murray Hell on yeah. a rookie deal? Hell yeah. Yes. If Aaron Rodgers is unhappy? Again. Would the Tampa Bay Buccaneers yes. take on that contract if Tom Brady feels like Arizona is a better spot to go win a Super Bowl? Sure. Let's get, let's get wild. Let's get crazy this offseason. No, Why not? All, all these things. Wild. This is, I think this is the new norm. Where you're, uh, Quarterbacks taking autonomy over everything is well, certainly we're heading in but, that direction. But – uh, the quarterbacks who are able to drive that conversation make this happen. I don't know if Kyler Murray is at that level. No. Um, but I watched that playoff game, and I don't put much of that performance on Kyler Murray. I put that squarely on the decision-making and game plan of Cliff Kingsbury, which I, I thought was atrocious. I don't know what he's particularly upset with. I mean, I, I think that's a team that was about where, like we said, the Bengals were ahead of schedule this year. That's about what I, I – I mean, I didn't expect it to be so jarring like well, that's what a, it's been a every patch year. of winning and a patch of losing. Yeah, that's what they've done. But the they, they, they've gotten better. They're He's a year a ahead of, of where the Cincinnati should be. Well, and, and, they're, 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 going, they're coming off of three years with the head coach and the quarterback together. Yeah. And we just talked about why he, he, it's their, he may it's be It's his mad. franchise. I think he's in, in shape with it as his franchise. And if I were him, I'd say this is my franchise but, to take But here, again, here, here it is. It's my franchise. Let's negotiate the extension now right. and get out ahead of this. And if the Cardinals come back and say no, we're going to go into a prove-it situation, then he's going to be upset. I, I would. That, that's why. That's why he would take it down I, and be I upset. I understand that, but I, yeah. I would massage it as best I could as the Cardinals, as it not being a prove it situation, as it being a, I have pressing stuff I have to deal with ahead of you that has deadlines on it, and you deadlines could, are, are the thing that make me order things. You can also you may be able to get him for a cheaper price if you extend him right earlier. Now. Maybe coming off of year three where they've. You know well, they've they've really gone downhill to close both of the last two seasons. We also know how the market uh, works from year to year, and the 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 price of a long term quarterback contract this year will seem outrageous, yeah. and then next year, last year's contract will seem far less outrageous. Well, and all the the situation with Kingsbury, 
you're in a, entering a season where it can be viewed, d- definitely a proven season for Cliff Kingsbury as the coach, but also possibly for Kyler Murray. Well, and, they, and they're together right line, now. Well, yeah, but their storyline, to me, it, they've just reset the storyline that was August of 2021. It was a prove-it year where they needed to put things together between offensive play caller and quarterback whenever they made the decision to draft Kyler Murray number one overall and, and move on from previous mistakes in the first round. And more power to them on that. But at some point, that tandem's got to produce. And I think based on the way they finished the season with the losing streak and falling flat and then with that terrible performance against the Rams, we now start next season exactly with the same narrative that yep. we had for them this year, despite them being the last remaining unbeaten team in the NFL in the regular season. They're stuck in a little quicksand, uh, maybe a little less deep. Yeah, but, you know, they, they've got some nice pieces, but I don't blame Murray for doing whatever he can to get the extension right now with some security. Well, look, if I'm Murray, too, though, I like what they did last offseason in terms of moves. Yes. Uh, or, or the last couple of years. I mean, the yeah. Andre Hopkins trade was a, was a great move. Going and getting uh, A.J. Green, uh, who was productive. People, A lot of people thought he was done. He turned out to be a good move. J.J. Watt, you know, broke down, as you'd expect, made it back for the playoff game to some degree. I, I don't mind that. But, you know, if I'm him, I like that move. Um, I, I like their uh, their go for it. They were it's going a good for it's it. a good roster, but they're in an an odd spot in that division That's right a now. Tough division. That was the NFC Championship game in their division. Two teams there. Then you've got Seattle, who looks like they may be going into sort of a rebuilding mode now. You've got Russell Wilson wanting out, and they're kind of that third team behind Rams, 49ers, but maybe not behind those teams. 49ers are going to be breaking in a new quarterback next year, a high pick in Trey Lance, but. Where do they fit in that pecking order? Clearly behind the Rams. Right now behind the 49ers, but they're transitioning to a new quarterback ahead of the Seahawks right now from a roster standpoint. But in a weird way, sort of no man's land right now for Arizona. Yeah, they've got some kind of slippery footing. I I think it's it's an important year for them, and he could feel, you know, doubted no matter what, what they're telling him. But it doesn't strike me as the most mature thing to take, A, take it public, uh, B, take it public in a way where you're taking their logo off your stuff and whatnot. It was all but like two of them. He had a photo of uh, him. Was it CeeDee Lamb that he left up? It was was CeeDee Lamb or another receiver with the Cowboys. You don't want to disrespect disrespect CeeDee. A pro Pro Bowl uniform with the Cardinals logo on it as well. That was it. That's all he left up. It's a very young athlete in 2022 way to go about your business, to yeah. show you're unhappy, well, to works. remove photos from Instagram. But it works. I mean, yeah. it's, a, it's it got, the second it, headline in the league behind Brady today. Got everyone talking. He, he made his point because it's got everyone buzzing about it. It's a lot different than uh, Joe Burrow would handle a similar situation, um, you know, at an even younger, yeah, I mean, younger I, age. You're right about that, too. Um, a little less pressure on Zach Taylor and Joe Burrow in that combo. They've hit the fast-forward button Yeah, with uh, Zach Taylor in year two with Burrow making it to the Super Bowl. But it strikes me as a, a immature way of going about things, not knowing the full context of, of, of everything. Hit us up on Twitter, at Outkick360, and stay tuned. We return live to Los Angeles next across the Outkick Network. 
Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. A lot of coaching movement across the NFL. Outkick 360 rolls on across the Outkick network from Super Bowl 56 Radio Row in Los Angeles with Chad Withrow and Paul Koharski. I'm Jonathan Hutton. Um, among the news in coaching is what the Titans have done to extend theirs. They've uh, made it official. They've come to uh, terms on a contract extension for Mike Vrabel and for general manager John Robinson. Their contracts were running concurrent at that point, and, and it's a no-brainer. We discussed it during the regular season that the, the Titans would end up doing this uh, because it turned into a weekly bit where we would find out, you know, if uh, Eli Drinkwitz was making more than Mike Vrabel, and the answer was yes. Hopefully the answer is now no. And uh, based on Vrabel's uh, job and the body of work, he deserves to be a top-ten paid NFL coach right now across the entire league. He was the Pro Football Writers of America Coach of the Year, and Thursday night, odds, uh, I think he's the odds-on favorite to win uh the main coach of the year award, the associated press coach of the year award, which will be revealed with MVP and offensive and defensive player of the year and all of that. Uh, a heck of a tandem they've been. Uh, John Robinson got a two year head start here, but collectively uh, they've put together a 41 and 24 record. Uh, they just won back to back division titles for the first time in franchise history since the inaugural year and the follow up year, 1960. And 1961 in the AFL, a different time with different meaning, obviously. And while they've not gotten broken through in the playoffs in the last two years, uh, three consecutive uh, playoff berths, they're they're a factor. In John Robinson's tenure, the the six years, only Kansas City's won won more games. Uh, That's pretty damn good. And, And listen, the Titans are not historically the most stable team in the league. They are one of the most stable teams in the league now because of those two guys. Yeah, and, and the contract extension is important. And Hunt, I think you said deserves to be a top 10 paid coach in the league. I would completely agree with that, yeah. especially for a guy who on Thursday night, as you mentioned, Paul, is probably going to be the coach of the year. Um, the stability with the Titans is great. Uh, they need the way win. the season ended <laughs> – Look, I mean, he, he needs the extension. You know, Mike Vrabel needs to be around, but to me that's the next road to cross. Yeah, he's not satisfied. For the, for the Titans. And I know he's not satisfied, and John Robinson isn't either, but the whole, all the questions around quarterback to yeah. me are going to cloud. These guys, Titans fans should be thrilled. They're both locked up. But what's going to dominate this offseason for that team is going to be doubts about Ryan Tannehill and the more John Robinson doubles and triples down on he is our quarterback, end of discussion type talk, the more people are going to fight back on that notion. And things, look, things may be changing, right? We, we could see a crazy offseason and, uh, in quarterback movement, and things may be changing in terms of quarterback movement. But the Titans are, in the, in the old way, a stuck team at quarterback where you're good, 
Uh, so it's very difficult to get the kind of draft position that you need to to go the traditional route to draft a star quarterback. You would have to give up a bunch of draft picks to move up far enough. Then you're sacrificing a lot of draft capital, which they value, though they haven't used first-rounders very well. And you get stuck in this place where you're good enough to consistently go to the playoffs. You're not good enough to advance in the playoffs. And there you are. What do you do about quarterback? A lot of inventive things we're talking about, though some handcuff potential cap stuff with Ryan Tannehill, who three years ago they judged accurately as being really good for, for what but, they did. But also, most off-seasons, you know, trades are more normal now yes. ac- across the league, but most off-seasons, all the conversation would be, do you sacrifice an entire draft to move up in the first round and draft a quarterback? And that's it. That's your option at quarterback. More now. This guy's not ever going to get it done. Let's go find the guy that will in the draft. Now we're looking at a possible unprecedented offseason where Aaron Rodgers is going to be available for someone if they can make a trade. Russell Wilson, add to that list. Possibly Kyler Murray. Possibly Tom Brady, if we're going to listen to his talk about I don't know where I'll be in six months if he decides that he wants to get traded also. So that's not going to hold this year. Well, I, got, I don't think you're in a situation where there's just no options at all. You can try to make it work. You might be right. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to wind up staying. I think Russell Wilson is going to wind up staying. There's still, you're, you've got a list there with, with options, and, it, and, and there could still be a lot, a lot of moves. Well, there say are this. more alternatives than there have ever been, more possibilities. You can, you can think that about those guys. Not everyone is going to stay. There's going to be something that happens, and someone's going to upgrade the quarterback position. And the Titans could get in line to be one of those teams that does that. And John Robinson, for his deficiencies that we talk about a lot, uh, he's, he's, uh, particularly first-round failures, has made some pretty good trades. Uh, I mean, this would be the blockbuster of all blockbusters. But the getting Tannehill trade was a hell of a trade. Absolutely. He got DeMarco Murray, which was a hell of a trade. He got Dennis Kelly, who's no huge deal in league circles, but he got him for a guy who's going to cut in Doriel Green-Beckham. He, he's worked the trade market pretty effectively so far. Now, can he put a cherry on top of that with something here? Again, the, the cap constraints are going to be a big part of that. I'd like to see how quickly, though, something that was one of their biggest strengths in their offensive line could become a huge weakness for this team. Well, they're aging at some because spots. Because they're, they're they are on the, the edge of that happening very quickly and not just some gradual decline. They could go from that being something that you go into every week saying, well, the offensive line is going to be good to, oh, boy, let's not give up 11 sacks in this game, or can the Titans even get a, a ground game going? That could happen quickly. Well, we saw them go from really good offensive line overall to iffy pass protection line, good run blocking line, and like you're saying, the next thing is gone all to, together yep. yeah. conceivably. They've got to make a couple changes there. How dramatic do they go? What do they do with expenditures? What do they do with draft capital? And I think all of Nashville, Hutton, <laughs> you very uh, – Smartly brought up all of Nashville being united about Ryan Tannehill now. I think uh, – Well, there's just no excuse other than pointing to the quarterback play. The last couple of off-seasons, whenever you bowed out, it was, well, AFC Championship game with the amazing run, right, where they won on the road, went to Arrowhead, and that team maxed out. Regardless of how they played and what the offense did or did not do, they were up 10 points, 17-7 on the road in Arrowhead. And Patrick Mahomes and company pulled the comeback, Scored before halftime off of a turnover, I believe, and then, you know, that was all she wrote. Then Kansas City goes on to win the Super Bowl. 
uh, last year it was about the horrible third down defense and the just atrocious play defensively where the offense was putting up all types of record numbers in 2020. And this year it was the offense and more specifically it was play calling and quarterback because the run game got it done without Derrick Henry. They need a, a home run with that first-round pick or with what they do with that first-round pick because that's another thing people are united on is this lack of production out of first-round picks with very few exceptions. And yeah. uh, they don't have a second-round pick this year. So it makes it even, uh, even more uh, important. But with all that being said, they, I think that the reason for optimism is exactly what they did today by extending these two guys. And I mean, the division. What I mean, they, they can coast through this right. division at least for another year, right, while Houston and Jacksonville seem rudderless. They, one hired a good coach but has an iffy GM situation and bad talent. The other hired a coach that we're all like, what are they doing? They have no plan, and they, they have to offload a quarterback that they don't know what to do. And the Colts ended things so badly that the owner has, has become the mouthpiece and is tweeting regularly about things and they have a bigger quarterback question than the Titans. This team's going to win the division again. The question is, what does it do when it gets in the playoffs? In that regard, like, let's go off the air and check back with us uh, next <laughs> January regarding the Titans. Yeah, this team will not be judged until next next playoff. Yeah, I mean, they, they went from an overachieving team two years ago to make that run of the AFC Championship to back-to-back years where they underachieved based on expectation. And check in because in early Because you January. are judged by what you do yep. in the postseason. Look, it's nice to have a, a nice autumn where you go win a division, and, and you're winning more games than you're losing over the course of the season. That's not a bad thing for Titans fans or for that organization, but it matters what you do in the postseason. It matters if you can win in January, and now we've got firm evidence in back-to-back years. Titans can't win a home game uh, in January, and th- that's a problem. And it Again, it starts at the quarterback position to me, and until they figure that out, I think the Titans are going to go win the division again next year and probably lose a home playoff game. John McClain said it earlier when we were talking about uh, the, the addition of Tim Kelly. You know, maybe he, he said it pretty simply. Maybe he can help figure, uh, Ryan Tannehill, figure out how to throw fewer interceptions. That interception number rose and rose. He turned the ball over 21 times in 18 games. All these quarterbacks we're talking about in this impressive quarterback boom, particularly in the AFC, nobody's turning the ball over 21 times in 18 games and having success. It's remarkable Ryan Tannehill had the success he had despite that. Well, and also, you know, Derrick Henry's not going to be Derrick Henry forever. And he, got, he had a, suffered a bad injury this year, so odds are he may drop off some next season. And when he's not the engine for that offense and they're going to rely on Tannehill to up his game and make everyone else around him better, what's the confidence that he's going to be able to do that? Mm-hmm. When he's given the football a lot more to make plays, even with good weapons around him, I don't have a lot of faith that he's going to elevate that team if and when Derrick Henry starts to drop off. More passes he throws, the worse they do, generally speaking. Yeah, uh, I agree with that. And the, the thing about Tannehill, too, is he threw more interceptions this year than the previous two seasons combined. Um, so, I mean, there's just a uh, – to me, it, that, that can – come in play design that can come in players on the field but ultimately the best quarterbacks aren't turning the football over um joe burrow gets sacked more than ryan Tannehill, and he's running for his life he's not turning the football over in the critical portions of the season and on their last pass of the season are they throwing it to khalif raymond and nick westbrook akina no i mean the Bengals have three legitimate receiving options 
and they're all on the field. Right. And, and, and you know, the Nick Westbrook-Akina play that we're, we've talked about over and over, he had two better players conceivably. Man, I don't know about that. Well, Julio Jones wasn't on the field for some right. reason. But he had players open elsewhere. You've got to get to a point where the, on the roster, and this, this you know, involves going and finding a speed receiver and drafting a tight end more than likely, but to where you're in that situation late game, and there's not a single receiving option on the field that when thrown the ball to, you're going to say, really, they chose Nick Westbrook-Akina in that moment? The goal is to not have that option on the field in those moments to where you know, if Tyler Boyd catches the pass for Cincinnati – or you're throwing an interception directed at him. No one's saying, why are you throwing to Tyler Boyd? Well, I don't have a problem throwing the NWI if he's open. But when he's double covered and the third guy's arriving as the ball arrives and there are two other guys, if you freeze the frame, who are open, uh, then I'm questioning the quarterback's decision-making less than the receiver's. I mean, Nick Westbrook-Akin is put on the field. It's not his fault that he drew the coverage. If you're throwing a pass with 18 seconds left in the game to try to get in field goal range to kick a, a last-second field goal to go to the playoffs, Nick Westbrook-Akina cannot be on the field. Well, I, yeah, that, I mean, but that's not Can't be on the field, fault. and it's not Nick Westbrook-Akina's fault right. either. Yeah. But that, that can't the, be an option throw on it the play. To the, but also well, throw it to the open guy. I mean, the, let's just yeah, go through the, on that play. Let, let's go through the, the list of weapons. You know, coaches like to say they're only as good as their players. In the, in the and Vrabel says that. In the marquee moments, you're going to your, you're going to your stars, right? Think about uh, Kansas City. Kansas City's not throwing to Pringle with the game on the line. Yeah. Uh, Joe Burrow's not going to throw to Stanley Morgan with the game on the line. Yeah. In that Cincinnati Titans game, who did he go to when he needed the 16 or the 19 yards to get in field goal range right after that Tannehill interception? Jamar Chase. Boom. And Jamar Chase, that was his only catch beyond the line of scrimmage that day. And it worked. It won the game. They put him in a a 52-yard field goal. And it looks so easy. Oh, yeah. Going back to that play in that moment, it looks very easy for Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase to get that many yards to get in field goal range. Look, very easy. And that's the difference right there. None of us had a doubt that Joe Burrow was going to get the yards he needed for a good field goal attempt there. Meanwhile, after Ryan Tannehill's very first pass, all of us had a doubt the whole afternoon about what Ryan Tannehill was going to be able to do because he threw a pick, a bad pick, one of three bad picks on the damn first pass play of the Titans afternoon. Well, real quick, keep, keep in mind, the, the, the Titans lost by a field goal and they turned it over with their quarterback three times. That's the positive way of looking at it. With nine sacks. Um, and, and Chad's right. Burrow and Chase made it look easy. He didn't say it made it look pretty. That was an ugly win, but they won in advance. They have not played up to their full potential throughout this entire playoff run. But the key is the quarterback is not losing games. Burrow's not stepping up and making those types of throws that we saw against Baltimore and Pittsburgh and other teams throughout the year. We haven't seen that Joe Burrow yet or that version of this Cincinnati offense, but he's not playing like Ryan Tannehill. And that's the difference in the two teams. The Titans are better roster-wise and, uh, quite frankly, better coaching. And so not that day. That day, they – they ran into a, a Bengals team that played with more of the mentality and stressed the factors that Brabel preaches more than the veteran quarterback that was starting for the third consecutive season in the postseason for the Tennessee Titans. That's exactly right. That's the fear of Ryan Tannehill moving forward. In the biggest moment, he plays small. And on the opposite sideline, the guy rises to the occasion no matter how the day's going. And look, Vrabel's a great find-a-way coach. We talked about this. Cincinnati in that game was the team that found a way despite the nine sacks and all of that. Yeah. 
can, I think the question this season may well be, this coming season for the Tennessee Titans, can he find a way with Ryan Tannehill, with well, Tim Kelly helping? And hopefully that's with the, the addition of Tim Kelly and the double tight end sets that we could see. Uh, Chad, you're looking at a story, I believe, with Alvin Kamara. Have they released a statement? Yes, they have. I'm also looking at Josh Palmer, uh, who's here, former Tennessee Vol and current oh. Los Angeles Charger. Um, Alvin, so this is from three attorneys, the law office for Alvin Kamara, representing him. Alvin Kamara has gained a well-deserved reputation for being a hardworking and community-minded individual. The recent Las Vegas allegations are not consistent with who Mr. Kamara has shown himself to be in both his public and private life. Therefore, we are conducting our own investigation into all of the circumstances and individuals associated with this matter to determine both the facts and motivations of all involved. I actually speak lawyer, guys. Yeah, go ahead. So let me go ahead and translate this Please for do. you. He's on video punching a man eight times, exactly like the cop said. So let's get to the bottom of what provoked our upstanding citizen to attack a man outside of an elevator in Las Vegas. That is the official translation from the attorneys. Who were all parties involved? What was motivation with this? Everything else. So now is where we get to the part of the story that claims the victim in this story, either rightfully or wrongly, was doing something that he should not have been doing that provoked a fight. And uh, the uh, media members uh, throughout this morning were confirming that the Las Vegas police let the NFL know about these charges well before well before kickoff on Sunday. The, I, I don't understand. Do we call I, I it a kickoff? That. Yeah, I mean, they did kick the ball. <laughs> do, do they have a throw-off? Yeah. Remember that, like when you played in the backyard, no one could really kick that right. well, so you'd throw Just it as far as you could and start the game. Right, which then, was never very your impressive. your backyard tackle football Not game. a very impressive throw most of the time either. I, I you saw the wrong guy throwing this. I saw a few more uh, highlights of that. I mean, there was, Mac Jones was called down on one play. A couple of people touched Paul, him. Paul, He resist. sure as hell was not down. Resist, Paul. Resist the urge to watch a highlight. <laughs> don't do it. it was just Even if it's on your Twitter background. feed, just don't do it. It was on in the back. The algorithm's going to get you. The algorithm will get you. The ratings will go up, and this thing will continue exactly this way forever. We, we saw Cam Jordan today, and there was a chance we were going to get him on. I was going to ask him about his two assists in that game. <laughs> Cam Jordan, I think that's his seventh straight Pro Bowl. It's Cam amazing. Jordan. He had two assists. The, uh, the well, uh, can you have a tackle in the game? I, how no, can you have assists. an assist? How can you in, re- in researching Cam Jordan? By the way, uh, today the best story is that the Cleveland Browns thought he was Jordan Cameron. <laughs> they flipped the name Jordan Cameron, a tight end they drafted in the fifth round. They called Cameron Jordan on draft day, and he was in a car going to the airport to go report to New Orleans as the first round pick. The Browns called him and said, hey, uh, welcome. You're going to be a Cleveland Brown. We're about to draft you. He thought he was in and he said, round? I'm good. I've already been taken. <laughs> and then they just silenced on the other end, and they realized they were calling Cameron Jordan first-round pick, oh. not Jordan Cameron, a tight end that was going to be and their pick in the fifth round. they didn't realize he was off the board, a guy of that caliber? No, they knew he was off the board, Paul. They thought they were, there were two different guys. Oh. One guy's name was Jordan Cameron, I believe a white tight end, Cameron Jordan is an African-American defensive end from Cal. They were calling Jordan Cameron, who they were drafting, but somehow oh, thought oh. it was Cameron Jordan. I got you. And called Cameron Jordan. Hey, we'll see I you lo- hey, Did we that. play you guys this season? I love that story <laughs> so much. A couple of uh, just uh, quick coaching news across the NFL. The Steelers have promoted Terrell Austin 
to their defensive coordinator position. He takes place of Keith Butler, who recently retired. That's a, how funny is that? that? We got to know Dick LeBeau when he kind of had a forced retirement and wound up working in, in Nashville for the Titans. They forced him out to make room for Keith Butler. We're so old, Keith Butler's now retired. <laughs> the, uh, that's right. The, the Raiders have officially hired Patrick Graham as their defensive coordinator. Um, let's see. The Colts have hired Gus Bradley. Uh, he will replace Eberflus as the defensive coordinator in Indianapolis. Anthony Lynn was hired over the weekend. He's now the run game coordinator for the San Francisco 49ers. And whenever they hired him, I tweeted out, that this is a sign that they believe Mike McDaniel's getting the Miami job. They made that official yesterday. And the Ravens uh, have their president, Dick Cass. He is retiring. So they have hired Sashi Brown as their new president of the Baltimore Ravens. He, of course, was with the Cleveland Browns. He's been a big part of what's gone on there, uh, you know, in terms of their organizational stability. So that, that'll be interesting to, to see what goes on there. But they leave their football people to do their football stuff, and DaCosta and Harbaugh are obviously very good. Coming up, we're, we're going to make a lap during the uh, commercial break uh, to see who's on Radio Row, and then we'll wrap things up from Super Bowl 56 Tuesday edition and uh, give you a preview, a glimpse of the loaded guest list for Wednesday as well. That's all straight ahead on Outkick 360. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Glad you're with us. Tuesday edition from Radio Row at Super Bowl 56 in Los Angeles. For Outkick 360 across the Outkick network. Joe Burrow with some sound advice for young athletes. And, you know, you can look at this multiple ways. Young quarterbacks, young athletes, anyone uh, up and coming, Jeff. Yeah, that's right. Uh, uh, Paul, you and I were talking about this earlier today. I've, I've got one quote. You've got a separate one that jumped out from Media Day yesterday. I, I've got this. It might be more than a day old. Focus on getting better. Don't have a workout and post it on Instagram the next day and then go sit on your butt the next day and everyone thinks you're working hard, but you're not. Work in silence. Don't show anyone what you're doing. Let your performance on Friday nights and Saturday nights and Sunday nights show all the hard work you put in. Don't worry about all that social media stuff. It's great. I it, think every high school coach well, in America is showing that yeah. to his kids. With this media availability with Joe Burrow, it showed exactly why everyone just raves about Joe Burrow uh, and his confidence. Armando Salguero from OutKick wrote about the superpower of Joe Burrow is a confidence that's unlike most athletes uh, in how he carries himself, how he thinks about the game. Uh, one great illustration of this was when he was at LSU – he won the Heisman, and there's a few weeks getting ready for a playoff and national championship game. And in the build-up to the national championship game, an LSU beat writer went up to him with a picture of Joe Burrow as an 8-year-old looking like Macaulay Culkin in Home Alone. And he said, could you ever imagine this was one day going to be the Heisman Trophy winner? He said, does this look like a Heisman Trophy winner to you? And he kind of pressed Joe Burrow, didn't answer at first, and his answer finally was, looks like a national champion to me. This was six days before they won the national championship. 
that's Joe Burrow. A great story from Armando with that. Um, but uh, it, it's it's incredible to watch him and hear stories about this incredible confidence that he has. And he hasn't been a superstar during these playoffs. He just hasn't made the big mistake. And when a play, when they need a play, I think about the plays he made with his legs against Kansas City to pick up two key first downs in that fourth quarter. That's where he's really shown. He had five carries for 25 yards against Kansas City, and they were big big yards and big runs uh, for that for that Bengals offense, and an offense that has been struggling to find some consistency in the ground game. He's been the one providing it. I, I feel certain he's going to make plays on Sunday. I really do. And uh, I would, among all the things that would surprise me out of this game, if he posted a dud, I'd be really surprised. See, I think, I think both quarterbacks will be making some outstanding. I, I, I see more of a shootout-style game than I do low scoring. Yeah, I don't expect uh, particularly low scoring either. And I'd, I'd be surprised. I'd be less surprised if Stafford I, – I, I expect both quarterbacks to play well, but quarterback-wise, I'd be less surprised if Stafford was bad. Well, But the thing that I'm sure of with Joe Burrow, which is a great – it's a really good trait for a quarterback. It can also rarely backfire, occasionally backfire. Uh, but going back to the, the playoff game we watched with Joe Burrow participated in against the Titans, Ryan Tannehill throws the first play of the game, an interception. Immediately everyone watching the game knows, well, he's done. This is not going to end well for him. He's not going to have a good day. Titans will have to win in spite of him at this point. Joe Burrow throws an interception, throws two. I don't think it phases the guy. Now the flip side of that was Brett Favre was very good at this and having a confidence like that. And at times that would get him in trouble not remembering bad plays because of his short memory during a game when he made a mistake. But with Joe Burrow, I watch him and I think, well, if he, as a young player, if he goes in this Super Bowl in a big moment and makes a mistake, you know, throws it into double coverage, it's an early interception, I don't think it's going to affect him the rest of the game. He may not play well, but it's not going to be mentally because he made that one mistake. Yeah, and, I mean, he got sacked nine times in that Titans game, so it's not like something you can forget and put behind you like an interception. That onslaught kept coming, and it, it, he was unflappable out of that even. I mean, I, I don't want to overdo it with like him being so distinctive because we've talked about all of these quarterbacks. There are a lot of good ones. It could be Josh Allen here, you know, pr- pretty easily. Well, there's not a lot like his mind. Josh Allen is one of them. Patrick Mahomes, of course, uh, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady. There, there are quarterbacks that that are ele- able to elevate the players around them. And he's one, no of, matter yeah. the circumstance, and immediately just be dropped in and do it. And he's absolutely one of them, and it's one of the few. I mean, there there are good quarterbacks across the league, and then there are the elite group, and he's among them. When you start to watch what he's done with this Bengals group, well, I agree. I was just saying, I, I don't want to make him uh, out to be a singular guy yet. It, it could yeah, be. There's, well, but there's, there's but a group of guys yeah, he's throughout the, the history of the game that's, that's that way. Yeah. That's, that, that's got that, that possesses and that he's quality. he's in the current group. And, and yeah. Zach Taylor said it very well with the media where he talked about Joe Burrow has this uncanny ability to make everyone around him believe. It's not just his confidence that shines through. It's as a leader, he can make you believe that the crazy play can happen, that you can go out and do something. And that's one of his, the powers that he has on that team is that everyone around him suddenly feels like, oh, yeah, we're, we're going to go win this game. 
This, this is going to happen. Oh, I'm going to make the play when I need to make it. Even if you don't have a lot of evidence before that that it's happened, he's going to make you believe it's going to happen. And Evan McPherson gives a lot of evidence that he has made it happen, but he's got that uh, swagger from the kicker position the same way. No doubt about it. And that rubs off. You know, you've got Chase who brings it, and then you have Higgins who's starting to develop that mentality, and they already have Boyd who's been there and has made some big big catches for them even prior to to uh, to Burrow being there. It's just it's crazy. You know, the rich get richer and wealthy uh, at Ohio State. I keep thinking, like, how did Burrow not play there? And then you look at those quarterbacks that they had year after year, J.T. Barrett and Dwayne Haskins and others, that ultimately led Burrow down south to Baton Rouge. You know, it's crazy that the guy that has that type of moxie and mentality doesn't break through for the Buckeyes quarterback. Well, and Jamar Chase even said when he got to LSU, he didn't have the job immediately, and no one thought of him as this overly confident guy when he wasn't going to be the starter. But then they started to slowly see it in practice, and he said really it was the success he had. That he wasn't always that way, but when he started having success at LSU, you could see that confidence building in the huddle game by game. When they were winning and he was having success, you could see it growing. On uh, the Wednesday show, Demario Davis from the Orleans Saints will be on. Ed McCaffrey, uh, longtime Broncos wideout, uh, Christian's father. We will uh, chat a lot with him tomorrow on the show. Uh, plus Jake Plummer, Armando Salguero, uh, and much more. Marlon Humphrey from uh, the Ravens, for instance, on the show. Hope you'll join us for Radio Row Wednesday edition tomorrow on Outkick 360. Don't block the box, do lock the lock.